Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. In our studio again today, we've got Mitt Walker. Mitt's the director of the Governmental and Agricultural Programs for the Farmers Federation. Mitt, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. Good to be back in here with you. Awesome, awesome. Uh, You know, we're going to get right into it. We've got a lot to talk about, elections, uh, Fourth of July coming up, so uh, let's get into it. Last week, Alabama voters returned to the polls to choose party nominees in the primary runoffs. How did the federal and statewide federation-endorsed candidates do during these runoffs? Yeah, it was a a good night for federation-endorsed candidates. Um, You know, when you look at the the federal seats, um, U.S. Senate, uh, Katie Britt came out on top with a a very convincing win in that uh, runoff. Dale Strong will be the new um, member of the House of Representatives from Congressional District 5. He will actually be replacing Mo Brooks in that seat, who had abandoned the seat to run against Katie for the um, Senate nomination. So um, big change there in Congressional District 5. Um, Both of those will be great representatives for our members. They both really work to earn our endorsement. Um, they've built some some very strong relationships with our members. Um, they're, they're known quantities. Um, it'll be their first time in these particular roles, but um, I think we know what kind of candidate we're getting in both of those and looking forward to, to seeing them not only elect our, our represent our members, but um, they'll be great representatives for the state. So good night on that front. Um, as you kind of shift over to some of the statewide offices, uh, Secretary of State Wes Allen came out on top in that Runoff. Uh, Wes has got a ton of experience in running elections, um, being a probate judge um, in the past, and we know how important election integrity will be in the state moving forward. So Absolutely. looking forward to, to Wes serving in that capacity. And then two offices that um, I think sometimes get overlooked but are extremely important to the state, the Public Service Commission seats. Uh, Chip Beaker and Jeremy Oden um, are both incumbents, and they were reelected to be their nominees for um, those particular seats. Um, Public Service Commission, um, you know, is there to help regulate the utilities to ensure that fair prices are out there for the consumers. But in this world of, of, you know, talk about energy and energy independence and the cost of um, electricity, those types of things, these these positions have become really more important than I think they've ever been. All right. We'll continue to support them in the general election coming up in November. So we'll keep everyone informed about that also as we get closer. Uh, You know, next week. Week, we celebrate our nation's independence, the 4th of July, and the American Farm Bureau Federation just put out their annual cost of a traditional Independent Day cookout, uh, which registered at 17% higher than last year. Is Congress doing anything to address these higher prices? Well, you know, I don't think there was any surprise that, um, you know, those costs were higher than last year. Um, If you've been to the grocery store, you certainly see what food costs have done. Um, Over the last few months, um, uh, really going back to to a little more than a year now, food prices have been on the the rise. So um, not a surprise at all there. I think one thing that's important to, to keep in mind, anytime we talk about higher prices at the grocery store, that doesn't necessarily equate to the farmers being in a better position right. financially. I think sometimes people make the assumption that because food prices are higher than farmers are getting a, you know, a, a higher profit on their farm. Um, farmers are dealing with the same inflationary pressures that we all are. 
um, all of their inputs are costing more. So while they may be getting a, a higher price for the, the product that they're producing, it's costing them more to produce that same product. So, um, you know, definitely some, some issues there. But, um, you know, kind of going to your, your second question there, Mike, what is Congress doing? Um, there is a bill that's been filed just recently. Um, Congressman Thompson from Pennsylvania, who's the ranking member of the House Ag Committee, has brought forward kind of a, a 10-step approach to try to address some of the supply chain and, and inflationary pressures that we're seeing across the country. The name of the bill is the Reducing Farm Input Cost and Barriers to Domestic Production Act, which is a mouthful. Wow, that's, that's easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what it does, it, it really takes a look at, at how the supply chain, um, how farms are regulated, and, and really by trying to tear down some of these regulations that are causing um, costs to be higher, to, to slow down efficiency, it really takes kind of a different approach to trying to address things um, by looking at some of the, the direct or, or maybe indirect pressures that are leading to these higher food prices. Um, one of the things the bill would do is to really reverse some of the decisions EPA is making on crop production products right now. Um, we're seeing a lot of long-time chemistries that have been around that have been used in food production that are kind of on the chopping block with EPA. Um, the agency's actually ignoring their own scientists that for years have said, hey, this is a safe product. This is something that's you know, helpful to the, the agricultural industries. Um, they're going back and changing some of those rulings. So that is certainly yeah. a concern for our farmers. What the bill would do specifically is to say if a product is is delisted or or, um, or is taken off the market, that there would be a kind of a phase out period for that. So it's not just right. a, a sudden change where there's not an alternative product out there. So that's one of the things the bill would do. It would also, um, take a look at the, the regulatory effects of the waters of the United States. We've talked about that oh, yeah. time and time again, and uh, kind of a battle we've been fighting for, for really years now at the Federation. This particular bill, one of the things it would do is to reinstate the Trump-era WOTUS rule that I think we had a much higher comfort level with and, and brought certainty to our farmers. Um, it also would, would take a look at this um, SEC climate reporting rule that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on this. It would basically undo the proposed regulation that would require small farms to have to report emissions to um, their buyers. So lots of things in the bill. We won't go through each and every one of those, but um, again, it's really taken a look at, at how regulations in, in a lot of ways are impending progress in this country. At a time where we really need to be focused on as much output as we can from a food standpoint to bring those prices down, and certainly from a food security standpoint with the events that are going on in Europe right now, any barriers that we can try to tear down to, to incentivize farmers and, and take some of this uh, regulatory red tape out of their way, I think would be helpful right now. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Are uh, Congress and the administration taking any additional steps to help uh, cost production or supply chain issues? Yeah, one of the things, Mike, that... that occurred just recently, a little over a month ago, um, the president signed the Ocean Shipping Reform Act into law. Um, 
fairly complicated issue, but essentially what it's trying to do is is attack a couple of different things that have caused issues with getting product to the United States and also exporting products. Um, we've talked before about how important the export market is for our farmers to remain profitable. So we've seen a couple of things happen. A lot of it really ties back to the issues that we see with labor at the ports and even having enough truck drivers on the road. But as shipping companies were having to hold product longer at the ports, they were charging just exorbitant fees to um, the folks who were bringing those products in because they weren't being offloaded in a timely manner. Right. This bill would, would essentially kind of limit and maybe cap some of those fees that are ultimately being passed along to the consumer. So as these companies bring in product and they're paying a higher fee to get it here, the consumer is the one that's in a hurting. So hopefully this will address some of those, those pressures. The other thing it does that I think is really important to our agricultural producers a lot of those containers that come in, you, you're familiar with the container ships sure. that look like Lego blocks, almost right. <laughs> that are stacked up. Those containers can carry anything from raw agricultural commodities to televisions to you know stuffed animals. We've really gotten to a point in, in the world trade that a lot of that product is moved in containers. We had reached a point where rather than sending American goods out in those containers that are coming from, say, China, um, as they come in, historically, it would be backfilled with something like soybeans headed back to to China from Mm -hmm. American farmers. Um, Some of these shipping companies had started taking empty containers back just so they can turn it around that much quicker. And we were facing a situation where the entire focus had become how much product are we bringing in, and the companies were not helping us to get our products out. So this bill would address some of those concerns as well to make sure that our farmers continue to have that cargo space available as we send product out of the United States. Interesting. I, did, I, didn't, I had no idea that they were they were doing that. You would think that they would want to keep them full because that keeps the, the – uh, commerce going back and forth. Like. Yeah, and, and historically that's what we had seen, but I think it was one of those deals where they were just trying to turn those containers as quickly as possible, and some of it is tied back again to those labor concerns on the port, getting product you know, loaded back into the containers. Right. They were just dropping it off and turning around and, and going back with empty containers, which um, really was putting a lot of pressure on um, our exports. Mm-hmm. Well, a great information today, Mitt. A lot to take in, and I know we're going to be continuing to look at these issues and, of course, our candidates that we're endorsing. And uh, we hope everyone has a, a safe and happy and fulfilled July 4th uh, holiday. And, uh, Mitt, you got any special plans? Uh, no, I'm sure we'll we'll have something on the on the grill for sure. And uh, you know, produce in Alabama is, is is kind of peaking right now. So I would encourage everybody as you're picking up your ribs or your hot dogs or whatever else to look for some good, you know, Alabama produced produce to add to the mix as well. Absolutely, homegrown. Well, thanks again, Mitt. Thank you, Mike. And we'll talk to you all next time. And now your weekly ag cash wrap up. This week's Ag Cash Wrap Up. This is Carla Hornady, Commodity Director at the Alabama Farmers Federation. Weather, input cost, and supply chain issues have dominated discussions during the planting season and carried to the growing season. The 2022 crop is one of extremes. Input costs were high and wet conditions delayed field operations and planting. Input costs remain high, but rainfall became more scattered to non-existent over the last few weeks, along with some extremely warm days. 
many farmers ran irrigation to supplement the lack of rainfall. The hot dry weather has slowed progression in cotton and soybeans, but corn seems to be the most affected. Winter wheat harvest benefited from the dry weather, and harvest is close to completion across the state with good yields reported. Rain chances are in the forecast for the next week. Hopefully most of the state will get the rain many are needing on soybeans recently planted after wheat and progress the crops already planted and at a stage where water is critical. Thanks for joining us. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.